Welcome to the C Word Podcast. I'm your host, Beck Hughes. This is where creative meets business. Here we explore what it takes to harness your creative gifts and turn them into a thriving business. You can have a brand and business that allow you to create work that feels amazing to call yours, have clients you love serving, and live a life that feels like the only place you want to be. Hey there, awesome, and welcome to the C Word Podcast. Now, hopefully you know by now that this is where I talk about the C Word a lot. And the C Word, when you come here, is creative or creativity. So this podcast is all about creative business ownership. So for designers, web designers, all of those amazing people in the brand-led space who run their own businesses. This is where I come to talk to you about all of my experiences in business and hopefully share some of my learnings, my ups and downs, my mistakes, my wins along the way to help you in your business. Now, I've got a question for you. Have you ever thought to yourself, I'm not replying to emails this weekend or this evening? So you've clocked off, it's Friday, five o'clock or whatever time it is you clock off and you've decided that that's it now. You're not replying to any other emails. If anyone calls you, they can leave a message or they'll ring back if it's important during business hours. You've decided. If that particular client messages you, you're closed. It can wait until you're back at your desk tomorrow or Monday or whenever you plan to be back at your desk. But then your fingers start doing the talking and you open your phone and you check your emails and there it is. That precious client has sent you that email. So you close it and you remind yourself that you're not going to do anything about that. You're in your PJs. You're about to start your favorite show. You're on episode three and nothing is getting in the way of that. But then you think, oh, I might as well get it out of the way. If I do it now, it'll save me time tomorrow. I won't have to worry about it. I can be doing other things. Or maybe you think the client will think I'm awesome for being so prompt. So before you know it, you've opened up that email again and you've replied. And in the words of Vivian, a.k.a. Julia Roberts, big mistake, huge. Because you've been bendy with your boundaries. And you can't get annoyed with anyone other than yourself when you don't set and enforce your boundaries with your client. It's not their fault if you let them continually bend your boundaries. So today's episode is all about that. It's all about setting boundaries with your clients, enforcing boundaries with your clients, which is key, but generally aiming to stay friends too, because boundaries don't equal bad news, conflict, or any of those things. The boundaries are not the problem, it's how they're managed that can maybe sometimes cause a bit of tension or a bit of conflict. So that's what I want to talk about. And I'm really looking forward to this because boundaries have been a big thing for me in my business. I have had none for longer than I care to share with you. And I've really let clients 
to some extent walk all over me and I'm sure they didn't see it that way and I certainly didn't see it that way but in hindsight that's what was happening but in my head something different was happening I was being a great service provider I was being the best creative that they could work with I was really making myself indispensable to them so for a long time I didn't even realize that boundaries were a thing I didn't even realize that I needed to set them And then when I did realize for a long time again, (laughs) I struggled with them. I sometimes stuck with them. I found it difficult to reset or enforce them with the client. And it was only when I really made a decision that my boundaries weren't going to be bendy that it fixed a lot of problems in my business, actually. So that's what I want to share. I want to share all of my experiences and insight when it comes to being a creative, being a designer in business and making sure you've got really healthy boundaries set for yourself and for your client. So let's get into it. But just before we do that, I just want to remind you that when I release this podcast, it will be the 12th of October, Wednesday, and doors to my Creative Value Incubator close tomorrow, Thursday, 13th of October. So if you've been kicking it around, if you're interested, don't let this opportunity pass you by. It is the perfect time now in October to do the work. We'll be done and dusted by the 9th of December. We'll have worked through all of the content and that is going to set you up so well in your business to really hit the ground running and make some really effective changes for 2023. So if you're sitting here now and thinking, I want things to be different next year, I'm going to make those changes in my business for next year. Now is the time. Someone's telling you, it's me, Beck. <laughs> Someone is telling you to do it. So go and check it out. You can find the details on my website, beckhughes.com forward slash creative hyphen business hyphen incubator or I'll put the link in the show notes too. So anyway, back to boundaries, let's get into it. Now the first thing I want to touch on with boundaries is what are some of the things that are applicable? So when it comes to boundary setting, what are some of the things that you would consider? Because I think sometimes even knowing what to put boundaries around can be quite confusing or people can be a little bit unsure about what the context is for boundaries. So for me, boundaries should be set around things like how you work. So your process is something that you might want to put some boundaries around. The hours you work, really important one. The hours, the days, so you work from nine till two, Monday to Thursday, whatever it is, you can set boundaries around the hours that you are available essentially but also the hours that you work another boundary for me that's been a really important one to set is the types of correspondence I will enter into I don't like using text for work I don't have a paper trail I find it harder to track I see it as something that's more for my friends and family I don't use dms in instagram for managing clients ongoing I prefer to keep everything either in my client portal where I communicate with clients or on email. And I always direct clients there. So how you correspond with your clients and how you manage that communication is something that you can set a boundary around. 
Also what you do and what you don't do in your business. So if there are certain aspects of design that you don't do, that aren't your skill set, don't excite you, don't interest you, aren't profitable for you, whatever they are, you don't have to be bendy about that. You can set your stall out and you can say no to the things that aren't what you do. Your response times. So setting expectations for how long you might take to respond to an email. Do you respond in 24 hours, 48 hours, within business hours? So setting those response times so there's no pressure on you to respond more quickly because the client's emergency has become your emergency. So you can set boundaries around those kinds of expectations. You can set expectations around your turnaround times for work. You know, I never do urgent work. I don't do high pressure work. There is always going to be at least a two week turnaround or at least a three day turnaround, whatever it is that works for you. And the final thing when it comes to your boundaries is your values. You can set boundaries around how you want to be treated, how you want to be spoken to, how you want to be valued, all of those things you can set boundaries around. And when someone crosses those boundaries, you can remove yourself. You can ask them not to. So being clear on what your values are, what you, again, are willing to do and not willing to do as a business is a very acceptable thing to do. It's, in fact, it's, not, it's more than acceptable. It's essential and it's important. And you are completely within your rights to do it. So those are some of the things that you can set your boundaries. It's not an exhaustive list. Whatever feels important to you to draw a line under or to define in your business or in your personal life, by the way, because this applies, it is your core. It's entirely your core. Now, I also want to touch on some of the ways that our boundaries can be challenged, crossed, pushed up against by others. Because sometimes I think it can be tricky to even recognize when it's happening. So I'll share a few things to perhaps help shed a bit of light on what I think a boundary cross or overstep looks like. Now the first one for me is asking personal questions, particularly when you don't have that close relationship with a client. So over time, my clients have become friends, not all of them. There is still a professional relationship. We know each other. There's a level of comfort and we understand each other's boundaries about where the conversation can go, what we are comfortable to talk about. However, in the early days with any client, I'm not comfortable with personal questions about me, my family, what I do with myself, what my values are, what my choices are, any of those things. And it is okay to set those kind of boundaries. If someone's asking personal questions that you don't feel comfortable with, you don't have to answer them. I think this particularly happens a lot on social media, you know, where you might have started to build a very surface level relationship with someone in DMs and suddenly the more probing personal questions start to come up and you can politely shut that down as quickly as you like. The next one, which I've alluded to when I was talking about the kinds of things you might set boundaries around, is contacting you outside of your work hours, particularly when it's through a medium which is 
what I would describe as invasive. So sending you a text at 8 p.m. Because everyone knows you're going to see that text. Now, sending you an email because they want to get it off their plate, but they know that they're not going to get a response. And I've had clients very often say, I'm not expecting a response, but I'm just getting this email sent now while I'm doing a bit of work. That for me is fine. But when a client uses, say, an Instagram DM or a text or even a phone call, the clear signal is I expect an immediate response. I expect to get under your nose immediately is out of line. And that's a boundary that you can set. The other thing which links to that is the kinds of communication that you're willing to accept. So like I said, I only correspond with clients in two ways. That's through my work email And that's through the client portal that I have that we use to exchange files and correspondence and anything to do with their project. Any other ways outside of that that they might choose to communicate with me is not part of the way I do business. So if a client starts to text me, if they start to use social media to contact me, if they start calling me when it's not a scheduled phone call or a scheduled meeting, then again that's outside of the boundaries that I've set for myself. The next thing is, and this I think is something that can kind of creep up, and it's only when it's happened that you realize that it needed to be a boundary. And that is a client who's invading your time, invading your headspace. And usually that takes the form of excessive emails or unscheduled phone calls. And the can you just, just picking up the phone because in that moment they decide that they need to talk to you about something. For you, that might be perfectly acceptable. You might want to be on the end of the phone for your client during business hours. That's entirely your call. For me, when I am very specific about how I block my day and how I spend my time and I'm often in meetings, what I don't want is unscheduled phone calls coming in. Lots of voicemails that I've then got to listen to and respond to. So for me, it's always a scheduled phone call or a meeting. Go and use my Calendly link, book me in, and we'll have a discussion. I also once had a client, and I think this is what triggered this boundary, (laughs) me recognizing this as a boundary, was I counted that I had received, and I'm not joking, 174 emails from this particular client in the space of a month, not in a day. (laughs) If it was a day, then I think that's an immediate sacking, but it was over a month. Now that works out to being nearly six emails a day, including weekends. Now I think by anyone's standards, that is too many emails. That's someone who's just sending emails as a thought pops into their head. So now, having had that learning experience, part of my onboarding with clients, part of the the information that I share with them when we start working together is it would be really great for you to collect your thoughts over a day or two and reflect and send me one email with all of your thoughts collated or something along those lines. I'm basically saying, please don't send me six emails a day, Monday to Sunday, because it's just too much. So not only does it interrupt you, you might have your emails on don't do not disturb. But even then, it's a lot of emails to wade through. And you're sort of dealing with your client's stream of consciousness. So they might have sent email one with a particular message. And by email six, they've gone around the houses and they've rethought all of that. So you've got to work your way through all of that correspondence to get to the final outcome. And that, quite frankly, is a waste of your time. The next one is asking to 
in air quotes, pick your brains. Can I just ask you this? What do you think about this? Can we just have a quick phone call? And often, because I'm the curious cat, so if anyone sends me a message going, oh, I just want to ask you something when you've got a sec, or can you give me a call about something I just want to talk to you about? Immediately, my interest is piqued and I have to know. So when clients do that, I find myself wanting to know what it's all about, when really I should just say, can you let me know in an email what it's about and we can schedule some time to discuss. But back to the pick your brains, those kind of, what do you think of this? And they're almost asking me my opinion and really to design something over an email. Well, I've put this together in Canva. What do you think? Can you give me some pointers? Which is essentially code for, I didn't want to pay you to do this, but what I'm going to do is throw something together and then get your input verbally. So the can you just, the pick your brains, the free advice for me is a total overstep of my boundaries. I actually just don't do it. Maybe there are a select few who might get that from me these days, but as a general rule, I just don't do that. Because nothing takes less than 15 minutes. I always say this, can you send me a quick email, just a quick phone call? Nothing takes less than 15 minutes. And if you have two or three of those a day, that's a big chunk of your time that's been taken up by people getting your expertise for free. Again, boundaries are a personal thing. I'm not telling you these are right or wrong for you. I'm just giving you the example so you can decide. Here's another big one. So discussing topics that you feel are inappropriate in some way. So it might be expressing strong political opinions, having opinions about other people that you don't feel comfortable talking about, or just downright getting into inappropriate language, whether that be non-inclusive, unkind, whatever it is. You don't have to have conversations. You don't have to listen to conversations that don't work for you. You can remove yourself. You can ask that client not to discuss that with you, whatever feels good for you. And this is, again, isn't just client, is it? This is in personal life as well. You don't have to engage with things and listen to things that make you uncomfortable. And in fact, you can also call them out in the right way. I'm not telling you to go and have arguments with all your clients, but we're all grown-ups and we can all have those kinds of grown-up conversations. Now, this is a bit of an uncomfortable one, but I feel it needs to be raised. And that is clients invading your personal space. Now, again, I have got clients who are what I would now regard as friends. So when we see each other, when we catch up for a coffee, yeah, there's a hug. Yeah, there's a kiss on the cheek. And that is something that I know that we are both comfortable with. And that environment has been set for us. We have that knowledge of each other, that closeness. However... I went to a big meeting and it wasn't that long ago at an institution in Sydney and it was the second time meeting this particular client and when I arrived he gave me a hug and a kiss which was super uncomfortable because he didn't do that to my male colleague and that was not okay but it's hard to know what to do with something like that isn't it I mean there are a couple of things you might privately say later look that was a bit uncomfortable I would prefer it if you didn't do that you might just next time keep your distance so that can't happen but it's not something that you have to allow to happen or it's certainly that you don't have to put up with ongoing if that's not what you're comfortable with it was weird actually when I think about it 
The next one is making unreasonable requests. Now, I'll give you a little story, little anecdote. I worked with someone a few years ago now, quite a few years ago. It was a big rebrand project. It turned out to be huge. And in fact, I, and I should probably do a podcast about this as well. I was doing it as a reciprocal piece of work. So they were getting this rebrand from me and I was getting something from them. But it turned out to be a far bigger project than I had ever anticipated. And also the demands and the behavior and the unrealistic expectations of that client. To be honest with you, they nearly broke me. It got to the point where the turnaround times and the expectations on the volume of work that could be done in a in a short period of time were just so unrealistic but I didn't push back. At the time, I was probably just too naive, too caught up in the process and in the moment to just shut it down and reset. On reflection, it is a really good example of your boundaries being overstepped in terms of the demands that are being made on you that are just unrealistic and they're unfair and it puts a huge amount of pressure on you and you don't have to accept that. You know, clients that phone you up and they want something done in five minutes, clients who double, triple the scope of what they've asked for, but don't expect any other changes in terms of budget or timeline. All of those things are unreasonable and are probably outside of your boundaries and are things that you need to call back in. And the final one, again, I'm talking from experience and I think it probably only really becomes something you recognize as a boundary overstep once it's happened to you is clients or potential clients who attempt to bypass or undermine your process. So some examples of that would be clients who want to remove parts of your methodology. So I don't want the brand strategy piece. Can we leave that and that'll probably save a bit of time and money or I don't have time to have a meeting to go through the concept. So can you just send that to me on an email, which for me is a big no-no because for me, it's really important to present my work face-to-face or certainly eyeball-to-eyeball in a Zoom meeting and talk through what I've done and why I've done it and get the client's immediate response. So it's really just trying to truncate or circumnavigate your way of doing things, your chosen way of doing things to suit themselves. And I think that is in itself a form of trying to bend your boundaries. Okay, so why are boundaries so important then? Why do we need to set and defend them so vehemently? Well, there's a couple of things. I think there is the emotional side of boundary setting or respecting of boundaries. And there is also the practical side of it and the impact on your business. So, In terms of practical things, well, having bendy boundaries or allowing clients to run amok or just even be a little bit bendy when it comes to your boundaries can have a huge impact on your business. It can affect your profitability because it's eating into your time, you're delivering extra work, you're being interrupted. So you might be being less productive. You might be burning more time that you're not charging for. It affects your capacity because again, if they are getting into your headspace or using more time than you'd allocated to them, then that leaves you less capacity to do other things. 
It may also affect the quality of your work if you build up resentment or again if your time is being stretched or if things become overwhelming because there's so much correspondence and feedback is so scatterbrained then it might have an impact on your output and the standard of your work. It can impact the client relationship because they might not see the process as valuable, they might not value you as highly as they could, but it may also cause some underlying tension and resentment that comes out in the way that you deal with each other. Things aren't really transparent, you haven't got a really clear and open relationship where communication flows. And the final thing, which is the emotional side of things, as well as the relationship, is your well-being. I think when your boundaries are constantly challenged, it can really affect how you see yourself, how much you value yourself, how much you enjoy being in your business, and just how motivated and good you feel about being in your business. So it can have some really huge and detrimental impacts when you don't consistently define and reinforce your boundaries with your clients so how do we make it stop (laughs) how do we make it stop in such a way that isn't necessarily tension or conflict it doesn't have to lead to a conflict situation with your client it you can set and you can reset your boundaries in a friendly way and in a professional way and in a respectful way Now, the first thing I would say on this is it is your responsibility. So like I said at the beginning, there's no good getting uppity about boundaries that are getting crossed when no one was clear on what the boundaries were in the first place. And if you're a bit woolly about them, and sometimes you stick with them and sometimes you don't. So you have a huge chunk of responsibility here when it comes to setting and reinforcing your boundaries. So that's the first thing to remember. It is on you in the first instance at least. And the first way that you make it stop is that you define your boundaries, you draw the line. So if you're not clear on what your boundaries are, what's important to you, what you want to uphold, then it's really hard for anyone else to understand them and it's hard for you to communicate them. So that's the first thing, you've got to draw the line around what is important to you and what your boundaries are. So you need to sit down and be clear on those things about your process that you're not willing to compromise, about your hours of work, about how you want to communicate with your client, what your values are, your response times, your turnaround times, all of those things. You need to define what you're willing to accept, what feels good for you and what doesn't. The second thing is don't wait to reset. So don't hesitate. Don't go, oh, you know, you bubble over it and you chew it over and it bothers you for days and days and weeks and weeks and the client keeps doing it and you're just getting more and more annoyed by it, but you don't reset. You need to nip it in the bud quickly. As soon as it happens... Just let the client know, oh, I just want to remind you that I don't work those days. I just want to remind you that I have a X number of days turnaround. Oh, I just want to let you know that's out of scope. So if you do want to do that, that's going to add to the timeline and that's going to add to the budget. The quicker you say it, the less problematic it is. If you sit on it and you let things drag on and you don't tell the client, particularly when it's something that also impacts them, like a scope change or a budget change or a timeline change, then that is where tensions can build up and problems can arise. So don't wait to reset. That's the second thing. 
The third thing is don't waver. Be consistent. So this is what I mean when I say about bendy boundaries. Sometimes they're rigid, sometimes they're not. They just kind of flap around in the breeze, depending on your mood that day, depending on who it is and how comfortable you feel letting them know that they are pushing up against your boundaries. But you've got to be consistent. If you let it go through to the keeper once, then it's very hard to change your mind next time. You can do it because it's your prerogative. But I would say it's much better to be consistent in how you communicate your boundaries. And the final thing is use the BIF approach. Now, this is not mine. I can't claim it, but I do think it's brilliant. And I should find out where it's from. I learned it back in my corporate days in a training exercise, and I do love it. But the BIF approach is to be brief, informative, friendly, and final when it comes to communicating your boundaries, particularly when it comes to resetting. When it comes to being brief, you don't have to send a 2,000 word email or have a lengthy discussion about your reasons why and over explain to the client and justify, let's say, why you have that boundary in place. Yes, to the second point, it can be informative and it should be informative. It should just let them know, I don't work outside of these specific hours. So load it with enough information that they understand what the boundary is. Explaining it and ensuring that it's clear, it's not justifying it. That's the difference. Keep it friendly. You don't have to get moody about it. It doesn't have to be, like I said, a conflict kind of conversation. It can be a really friendly, oh, I just want to remind you, oh, I'm just letting you know, oh, look, while I remember, it's just in the delivery. You can be friendly, but you can also be final. So you can use a friendly tone, but the final F in the BIF, because it's B-I-F-F, is to be final. Leaving it open with a but or allowing the client to come back and go, oh, look, will you just do it for me this once? I'll never ask again. You know, it sounds a little bit cynical, but if they sense any hesitation from you, any waver, any bendiness in that boundary, then they may well push back. And that's where it does become a little bit more challenging to then continue to reinforce and have that conversation. Doesn't mean you can't, doesn't mean you shouldn't, but it does make it a little bit more of a difficult, challenging conversation. And the final thing is, remember that this is your call. There is no standard boundary. There is no specific thing. There is no guideline. There is no rule to boundary setting. You choose what your boundaries are, what you set them around, and how you want to enforce them. So it's whatever feels comfortable to you. I might say, I don't want to communicate with my clients in DMs, in Instagram, but others might go, no, I'm absolutely happy with that. I can give you some good reasons why not to do it, but that's a separate issue. (laughs) But, you know, everyone's boundaries are different. So never think, oh, am I just being difficult here? Am I just being a little bit precious? No, it's your boundary. You set it. But you've also got to stick with it. Be consistent. Nip it in the bud when it gets crossed. So that's how to make it stop. Jump on it quick. Be clear on what your boundaries are. Don't be inconsistent when it comes to enforcing them. Deliver the message in a friendly but firm way. And remember, it's your call. It's up to you what your boundaries are. 
So finally, I just wanted to share a couple of ways in practical terms that you can communicate those boundaries to your client. Because very often my clients will say, but how do I do this? What do I sit my client down and read them the riot act of what the boundaries are? Well, not necessarily, but it's kind of something along those lines. (laughs) It may be a little bit more on the friendly side. But one of the big things that I find is really effective when it comes to setting boundaries, setting expectations up front is how you onboard your client. Now, part of the onboarding is obviously your proposal of work. So being really clear what's included, what's the scope, what's the timeline. So setting all of those really clear expectations around the project. But also your onboarding process, whether that's a document or a meeting to support that document, can also be specific on how you're going to communicate with the client what hours you will be available, what your service levels are, what your turnaround times are. In that very beginning stage, when you're talking to the client about how this project's going to work, in that onboarding, make that quite a formal thing. Before you even put pen to paper, before you even open Illustrator or whatever it is you use, make sure you've set those expectations in a structured way with your client. The other thing is through email. So the first thing is email signature, putting your hours of work when you will respond to that email in your email signature. They will be able to see when they correspond with you what your parameters are, when you might reply, what your hours of work are, when you're not going to be available. And the other thing that's linked to that is having an auto response. You don't work on certain days. If you're not available on Thursday and Friday, you might set an auto response to let people know. I sent someone a DM in Instagram recently and I got an auto response which said something along the lines of, I aim to respond to you within 48 hours. Thank you so much. It was friendly and it just set the expectation and I thought that was great. The other thing is you can continually revisit and reinforce your boundaries in meetings and correspondence. So I do this all the time. When I have a meeting with a client, I never end that meeting without being really clear what the next steps are in terms of what will be delivered, when they will hear from me next, how long that's going to take, what form that's going to take, what I expect from them. So I reinforce my boundaries. If I'm going away on holiday or if I'm going to be really busy for a period of time, I let them know. I set my boundaries so there's no grey area around what's going to happen next, what my availability is, what I'm going to do. And then it's also an opportunity to set some boundaries when you offboard a client, when you hand over. You might want to set a boundary around what you continue to do as aftercare, what your availability is going to be now that they are not formally a client anymore, now their project's complete. So you can use that as an opportunity to set some boundaries too. And I'm sure there are lots and lots of other ways. And I would love you to share with me the ways that you set boundaries too. So I hope you found that helpful. I hope that you were inspired or even reassured or validated in what an overstep of your boundaries might look like. Maybe you do have a client that's challenging them, but you're second guessing yourself and wondering if you're being unreasonable or you're being too precious. And maybe there are some ideas there about how you could reinforce or reset your boundaries with your client or how you can set them up to begin with and what some of the areas are that you can set your boundaries around. So as always, let me know. I would love it if you shared this podcast, if you found it useful. 
And I would be so grateful if you could give me a rating, give me a review if you enjoyed it and if you got something out of it. So have a beautiful day. Enjoy the rest of your week. And I can't wait to chat to you again soon. Thank you so much for joining me, Beck Hughes, on the C Word podcast. If you like what you heard, subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends and business buddies who might like to listen in too. The music for this podcast is by Red Productions on Pixabay. <laughs>